Today's episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter code KINDAFUNNY at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 31 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Some real serious business here today, guys. Is it? There's not. We're talking I just, about video games. I just started it in this, in this voice. I know. Oh, you did it's it in like a series. It's like kinda, an episode of 60 Minutes. Kind of kept doing it. I don't know. I just ran with it. There is some serious stuff, though. Seriously cool news ah! about volume. Oh. Here you have the poster over here. Oh, Our boy Mike Bithel. You guys did a really good job last week of tweeting out, tweeting at... Volume game. Volume game on Twitter and tweeting at Mike Bithell also. Just saying, hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? And all that stuff. Are you He's, being facetious or did this really happen? No, there's been... Have, I don't know if you guys saw. I guess I was tagged a lot because I, I, I was the one that I muted, technically... I muted Mike Bithell in volume game. Oh, don't do that. No, I'm No, it's a total joke. So, Give volume. me my goddamn code, though, Mike. No, he's going to get it. It's going to be good because the game, it's a stealth game coming August 18th to PlayStation 4, PS Vita. Huh? PC and Mac. From the creator of Thomas Thomas Was Alone, volume combines a core story. T- wow. A core story starring Andy Serkis and Danny Wallace with an editor that lets you make and play content as a part of a community of stealth game fans. For more information, follow at Volume Game on Twitter. So, yeah, again, go do that. Tell them that at Tim Getty sent you. And I just want to keep seeing these things come mm-hmm. in. Good. Keep favoriting them. Mm-hmm. We love That's Mike Biffle. Good we dude. Do. Thanks he for is, the support. He's such a good dude. A patron just like many of you. Something I've seen is the people that are tweeting. I've seen him respond to a lot of them. Yeah. Mike's a good dude. Mike's he's a, a responder. Good dude, man. First responder. Is he? Is that, what they, is that what that term means? I think that's what that no, term means. You're really good at responding on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. He's damn good. Damn good. So, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Every week we talk about video games and other stuff, too. Mainly video games, though. Every once in a while, we talk about video game-themed things, like a video game baby name, or eventually, sure, one sure. of the Patreon topics, not this episode, but coming up, is video game weddings. I didn't want to do it too soon to that. So. Gotcha, because babies lead to weddings, usually. Babies do lead to weddings. Shotgun weddings. That's a damn... Things Sometimes things get dark. You knocked up my daughter and want to name your baby Zelda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the altar, youngin! <laughs> <laughs> yes, so... Every week the show comes out. New episodes on Friday, but Monday through Thursday over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. You get the breakouts, topic by topic. The full episode Friday, you can get it the previous Friday early, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. I'm getting okay at this, Greg. Every week's different. Though. I know. You gotta I just have find like something a, you like I don't and knock a it standard out. Thing. I gotta figure it out. You're good though. Like cause you you get that intro down and then you just get it in your head. And then I just forget and everything you, that happens in between there. Yeah. And I just, I just But you stick to it. You're intros, actors, I got them. Me, mm-mm. but I'm getting to the point where it sounds like I know what I'm talking sure. about. Sure. Which is good. It yeah. only took 31 episodes. Fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I'm real good at that. That, that was a hard one, huh? That, that was, was good. solid. That was good. That was good. That I was appreciate real, that. Real solid. It hurt me more than it hurt you. <laughs> I guarantee it. So, first topic of discussion today is game compilations. Now, ah. the reason I bring this up is a couple days ago... Me and Colin did a bunch of Let's Plays on this game called Rare Replay. Ah, yes. You might have heard of it. 30 rare games, $30. It's on the Xbox One. It's real good. Ranging from pre-NES era, back when they were called... I don't even remember anymore. I'm going to look it up. It's like some like Ultra Game Company dudes yeah, or something like really that. Ultra Game Company dudes. He'll really figure it out. But I'm going to get it right now. Ranging from that all the way through that there's NES games, there's SNES, there's N64, Xbox 
one games yeah i guess there is and uh 360 games on that and on that business yeah and um that's a good compilation they is. got a whole bunch of good stuff it on is there. it is it is perfect dark banjo kazooie viva pinata ultimate play the game ultimate play the ultimate game play the game great company what a terrible name yeah <laughs> ultimate play the game often shortened to ultimate was a critically acclaimed video game developer of the early home computer era there you know now you know everything so here's the thing we played through, we were doing it kind of chronologically as sure. we went through. These Let's Plays, when, by the time you're hearing this, if I'm not exactly this on sure. Patreon. Yeah. It'll be .com slash kind of funny games. They'll be the Monday, Tuesday. No, they won't be. We're making a, a change. You son of a bitch. They're the probably going to be the Tuesday, the Wednesday. I know, but we're changing the schedule now because we're doing Oh, the other thing with the wink, wink. Thing, I, yeah, the, yeah. the embargo on Monday. Secret stuff. The schedule has been changed. Monday Let's Play will be exciting nonetheless. Uh, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at the very least, will be Rare Replay Let's Plays. Okay. Maybe a Friday one, I'm going to assume. Okay. So I'm going to tell them right now. The the Tuesday, we got all the games leading up to the NES. Then Wednesday, it's going to be all the NES games except for Battletoads. Because Thursday is Battletoads. Oh, Battletoads gets its own thing. Because mm. Are you going to beat it? Are you going to beat it one Fuck sitting? No. Are you going to beat it with one life? No, no way. I, you should have seen me playing some of these games. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, the... the 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 ultimate play of the game, whatever the fuck it was called, uh, games. I had never even heard of these games. Yeah, like I didn't even real. I honestly thought that that rare started around the slalom era, so like the mid eighties. But they really and rare did start at that point. But they they included all of their pre rare games when they when the founders were at that different studio. So there's games like Jetpack and Solar Jetman and stuff. And like the or not Solar Jetman because Solar Jetman was the NES game. There was a there was uh, a something other Jet- Lunar, Lunar Jetman. Jetman. Yeah, and um. I was oh I was competent at a couple of the games, pretty terrible at most of those early P you know those those like Commodore games or whatever the fuck you know they were running on at the time. Uh, not my finest moment, but we went through each game. We only played each for like two or three minutes at the most. Then uh, the NES ones, we played Slalom, which I wasn't very good at. RC Pro Am, which I wasn't very good at. What was I good at? I don't even know. I don't remember. I was I was okay at uh, Cobra Triangle, Snake Rattle and Roll and was Gun, okay. Gunfright is that what it's called? Oh, Gunfright was an early. That was the. Gunfight was the interesting pre-slalom game. Anyway, the point is, is that I re- I finally remember, especially Cobra Triangle, and I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the chops for these games anymore. It's been a long time, you know. Uh, but we used to get to show them all off, yeah, which is cool. So people kind of introduce themselves. And, and at third, I gotta be honest, man, because I know that's what we're talking about. Rare Replay is such a great value. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, it really is. Now, what's what's cool to me about this? The reason I decided to make this a topic today is I feel like they nailed it in a way that I can't remember any other compilation of games nailing it. The presentation is on fleek, as the kids say. What's this face, Greg? I feel like you're forgetting about the Sega Genesis collection. Which isn't a joke. That one that we all platinumed on PS3, no, Xbox is, 360. This is way more impressive. This than is that. different. I mean, that that's great. It is. I'm just saying this, they had great presentation there too. Yeah, but this presentation is like yeah, it's, it's, it's different. real next level, and okay. it's real good. Explain and to me what's so great so about it. So what's great about it? I think that they nailed it in many different ways that are very interesting to me because a lot of these games I'm not interested in at all. Like so many of them are so old and so just like ugh. They're like I would never even wanted to to look at, let alone play. Yeah. Now, granted, we did a Let's Play of them where the point was playing through all the ones we don't necessarily want to play, but the presentation of the games makes you interested in the the history. They do a good job of presenting the history of Rare, how you go through all this stuff, and they entice you to play it with all their different modes and stuff. So there's this thing called mm-hmm. Snapshots. I think that's what it's called. It's not Snapchats. I kept fucking that yeah, up. Yeah, something that's like right. Snapshots. Yeah. Snapshots where they take bits of the game, like the bit that everyone thinks of with that game. Gotcha. And they have you play through it, and they kind of change up the mode for... 
for example, that in Battletoads, that one of the snapshots is the speeder bike level. Sure. But it's uh, more of an endless runner instead of oh, being nice. a level you can actually be. Okay. So it's more of a, a face-off against your friends, see how far you can get thing. I like that. I like that they That's kind cool. of that went cool. back and thought, what made this game special? What or memorable? Like, what is the thing people think of when they think of this game? Let's expand on that a bit. In addition to that, the borders around the, the games are beautiful. And they took a lot of the original artwork from the the box art or from whatever yeah. and kind of put it around because a lot of these games are 4-3. Sure, sure, sure. And a lot of the times when I see this stuff, it kind of, like I remember back with the, the Super Game Boy, they did this. And it got in the way. It never looked that good. Yeah. And it was always just kind of like distracting and shit. This one too, it does have some things that aren't exactly perfect. Like there's modes you can, we didn't do this in Let's Plays, but I was watching YouTube videos. You can change it so that you get with the weird CRT like scan lines and all that stuff. And it's like, that gets a little gimmicky, but I like that the option's there. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the stuff we did with the borders and all that, and there's just like trivia about the games and there's a lot of information. It's like, it's kind of like going on Wikipedia as you're, you're playing the games, which is cool. You know how many players are in it, what the the plot of the game is, if there is any, and like just little facts and so stuff. So this is a really. Did you ever? I had to look it up because like I can only remember Final Fight. Do you remember Final Fight Double Impact? And it came with the Magic Sword. I reviewed this game, by the way. I can only remember Final Fight, but it was the same thing where it was so well done of trivia. And if you wanted to play it, you could make it look like the arcade cabinet. You could put it in like the bubble that you're looking at a screen mm -hmm. with the arcade stuff around it. You could take that away. You could do this. You could do that. Like those kind of tips, yeah. like even tricks, I guess, to make it look different, right? I never, I never played that. Okay, but, but yeah, it's just it's similar. But what I like about it is that, and I've seen other compilations do do those things, like sure. those little tricks. But what's cool about this is it it all kind of melds together. There's an aesthetic to Rare Replay itself that it's like this whole theater thing, and we skipped this too. But there's like a weird intro cutscene thing where it's like they really present it kind of like a super wacky musical thing, yeah, which yeah. is very reminiscent of Rare, of Banjo Kazooie, of things like that. Overall, it's just like. Playing it, I'm like, man, like there was a lot of love put into this. Is this and, the best compilation of all time? I mean, no, because Super Mario All Stars exists, ah. but it's damn good. Yeah, and and I think what's really cool about it is I'm saying this not even based solely on the quality of the games. Like the games that we played, they weren't good, most of them. Yeah, if any of them. Well, some of the NES ones were good, but like the um, the pre NES games, I mean, they were distracting, if anything. Like. There was so much colors, and the, the it wasn't even music. It was just sounds. It was like, what did I describe it as? Just a cacophony of noise and just. It was it was very colorful. That's it, what I. That's the thing I remember us talking about the most was the aesthetic. The palette was very colorful. I think that it might be the most impressive collection I've ever played because, yeah, the the, the what was very on vogue on PS3 and Xbox 360 in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011 was releasing old games, kind of putting a border around them, maybe a little bit of trivia, some art, some key art or whatever, and, and then you just kind of go about your business and play the game. They don't typically hold up as well as you remember, as is the case with Rare Replay, and then you move on. I think what's really cool about Rare Replay, which what, what is so impressive, there's multiple things, is that, A, it's priced really appropriately. It's 30 games for $30. I think that's really, really cool. And I'm not entirely positive that they're going to be making money on this collection because it's not going to sell that well. And they had to put a lot of time into it and, and porting these games over and QAing them. This seemed like a labor of love. This seems like something that they needed to do because Rare has fallen so far from grace that the only thing you can really do at this point with them is just celebrate their past because I think that the best their best days are clearly behind them. I don't care about, about like the things they're making now. It's just like they're not going to recapture this essence because none of those people are here anymore. So they're working on you know ukulele and all these other games. So... I really appreciate that. I do appreciate the unified aesthetic and the the challenges. There's a fucking bajillion achievements attached to these games. 
And it's cool to see not a lot of studios have this chronology that you can follow from beginning to end that is that impressive. When you really think, sit down and think about it, Rare is really one of the few studios that really has a chronology that that's that long and uninterrupted. And what, one of the weird things to me is seeing some of the games that are on it, especially from the N64 era and beyond that, that you um, – that I'm like, what? Well, it's so weird, you know. Like it's like I never. I, I see this as an N64 game. Yeah, like, why is so this on? Crazy. Why is this on Xbox One? But it, it's there and it's cool. And I think I think it's I think it's it's a really again a labor of love. I, this goes back to what Microsoft's been doing. I think, which is just they're doing a lot of things that are right. And and they own Rare. They realize that Rare, people largely look at Rare as a complete shell and uh, of that it's not Rare anymore, and it isn't. So, yeah, you celebrate those old times, and I think that that's really cool, and I, I think it, it's just so strange going back and playing these games, and a lot of people, there's games that are missing that I, I, I'm, I'm curious why they're missing, like Wizards and Warriors is a huge example, um, but uh, which I think they made by themselves, but I don't know if there's some sort of collaboration. My assumption is that Nintendo published that game, mm. um, but nonetheless, I, I think it's really cool to kind of follow them from the embryonic kind of zygote. And, yeah. and all the way to like what they really became and they really hit their stride in like 2000, 2001 I think so before Microsoft bought them when they basically ruined them so um, it's fun to, it's fun and I, I actually think it, you know in terms of volume it is the best collection that I've ever seen in terms of quality of games and the games I want to play yeah Super Mario All-Stars of, of course probably with the winner Mega Man collection is probably going to be up there too even the, that obscure Ninja Gaiden collection on Super Nintendo there's a lot of collections out there I was that, digging that through worth, it online yeah. there while you were talking I couldn't find exactly but there, I remember there was one awesome Atari collection that had the timeline of all the games that had happened when you beat you hit milestones in games it would unlock like it unlocked you know like when you played the NHL game it unlocked the Phil Hartman commercial that you could mm, go watch in their archives and stuff awesome. I want to say it was on PlayStation 2 it might have been PS3 but there's a million different compilations out there that kind of stuff that's cool like yeah. anything that embraces the nostalgia of like this is more than just the games it's yeah. talking about the time of the game showing you things from then I like that yeah it, it's great and I mean I think that's something that consistently as we were playing we kept getting surprised by things popping up like like the achievements and like just not even achievements but like the um, different menus and stuff that we'd get like they, they weren't achievements but we were getting some type of weird unlock thing going on yeah they're on. like they're like stamps almost yeah. Going, yeah and it's like you just kind of see it looks like the evolution where there's like the monkey turning into the oh thing or sure, whatever. sure sure but it was that it was like all the characters from rare and it's like nice. that's cool and like you unlock videos and commercials and all that that's weird really stuff. cool yeah, yeah and what's interesting to me about this is i came into rare very late in the game compared to, to you because like i didn't know any of these things like i knew battletoads was on rare what was made by rare and on nes but i didn't really play it back then and i didn't know battletoads was rare until it's been in the news recently, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because to me, Rare was Donkey Kong Country, James Bond, Perfect yep, Dark, yep, yep, Banjo. Yep. That awesome N64 run. And then all, then all that stuff. So for the key Rare games for me to not be in this collection and for me to still look at it and be like, oh, this is cool, is very interesting. And I, I, I like it because the presentation made me interested in their history more than the games did because like Lunar Jumpman or whatever the hell, it's like, Wow. Like, these are not cool. But I had fun going through them. And I feel like that's kind of the a very key thing for compilations to get right is to make you want to play the games you don't want to play. Like, because obviously you want to play the ones you want to. But it's like, are you going to give the ones you don't a try? And are they doing a good enough job of giving you reason to try them and trying to ease you into it. I think the snapshot thing is like the best way to do that. We didn't need to just jump in and play the game. We could have just got the highlight of it. And that's yeah. awesome. That's a really cool idea. That's yeah, a really, it's, really it's, cool idea. And it's great. And then if you like it, then go and play it. And yeah. like, maybe there's an element there. And that's another thing that was really cool is seeing all these old games and being like, oh, wow, like this sucks. But this aspect of it, like there's a day-night cycle in this. This is fucking made in 
the 1800s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was what was cool about, and that's what we were talking a lot about on the Let's Plays. It's just like these these again disparate elements of these games that are like really well ahead of their time. You can you can see like yeah, like a day night cycle for instance, in a game that was made in 1983 or 1984 is pretty cool mm. and really pretty unheard of. Um, so. Yeah, it's cool to kind of go back through the genetics of, of a studio like that. And again, there's just not many ways to do it with with studios that so a lot of studios are not, including the games that they made. That studio is like 32, 33 years old, including the pre rare kind of days. And it's it's just it's it's fun. It, it you know it's disappointing that you can't get Golden Eye in there and stuff like that. And the Nintendo published properties and, and and other things like that. But you know it's still very impressive. All things considered, yeah. they put out a lot of fucking games, man. And and it's so sad. To see, it, it makes me sad too playing that to see like what happened to them and how they were just, just thrown away basically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not they didn't get, they didn't extract as much as they could have out of them. And they're trying to get back to that point with a new generation of people at Rare, but yeah, it's it's been it was cool and I was really super impressed with it. And I again I have to give Microsoft so much credit for it because I think that it was really a labor of love. I don't think this was something they did to make money, and I don't think this was something that they a goodwill gesture. Gesture. It was. It was. It was a way for them to be like, we hear you about rare. We hear you loud and clear, and we're gonna celebrate these great games. We own yeah. these IP, and and hopefully, maybe they'll even look at the data of some yeah. behind I mean, the scenes. I think that's the and thing. see what people are playing. Is they? I think they look at this and they're like, you know, Microsoft's never had that stable of characters that you're like Xbox. You know, PlayStation. What uh, Master Chief? No, I okay. Yes, Master Chief. And uh, Marcus Phoenix, and you're like, Stubbs right, the cool. zombie? And Stubbs the goddamn zombie and blinks the cat. Let's <laughs> get him in there, and it'll be a grand old time. But, like, they've never had that stable of characters and stuff. And I feel like this is them kind of – and, like, you know, the last couple of conferences, we've kept seeing hints of Battletoads. And yeah, we keep yeah. hearing this, and people now think Rare Microsoft. Like, that's – we no longer think Rare Nintendo. And that's cool. Like, because for the longest time, even with Xbox 360 and, like, when uh, Perfect Dark Zero and stuff was coming out, I was still like, no, it's Nintendo. It's still Nintendo. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. now it's like, no, it's totally not. Like, all these things are Xbox. And it'll be interesting to see what they... What the they, future is and what they have them do. Yeah. yeah. It's been incredible. I mean, that was one of the things we remarked on. One of the videos was like, man, Rare... Microsoft bought Rare 13 years ago. We've really been bitching about this for a very long time at this point. <laughs> um and it's just it's just crazy how time flies. But again, it's just it, it is it is it's cool to see companies take risks like this or just do cool things for the fans without the expectation of an economic. Because I, I can't imagine they're looking at this being like charge half his amount of money uh, as we would a normal retail. I mean, I'm not saying this costs them millions and millions of dollars, but they have to publish it. They have to figure all these things out. QA put achievements. I mean, this isn't an easy and trivial thing for them to do. It's certainly not. So um, I really think that they did this with the eyes on the fans, and that seems to be a common theme with what Microsoft's been doing um, since you know the disastrous Xbox One rollout in 2013. Yeah, yeah. So, because they have to get back on top, and I feel like this is a good move for them because what they have with this studio that no one else has is a fucking really old developer. Indeed, out of the three biggest, uh, the three hardware manufacturers, Rare is the oldest developer in, in any of those first-party stables, and might be the it might be like when you really th- I'd have to really think about it, but it might be the oldest, if not one of the oldest studios that still exists. You know that has a heritage that old. I mean, they are fucking old, and uh, so it's cool to be able to celebrate that. Is there any other you know going off of a replay? Is there any compilations that you guys feel nailed it? Yeah, the ones I mentioned. I mean, what about you? I, I, yeah, I got it. Besides those, like, I mean, I'm saying other ones, like more modern ones. I think the site. Well, all, I was gonna say it's not modern. The, the content's not modern, but the Sega Genesis collection was really cool. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near on the level of Rare Replay in terms of it's. Now that we've talked all, about yeah. it, explain what Rare Replay is. Uh, yeah. But but I thought that that was really cool because that did celebrate. You know, we make fun of a Genesis, you know, but it's or at least I do. But it's there are good games on it, and it's and so, some of those games I had never played sucked me in. Some of those other games that I remember more fondly, like Comic Zone, I played, and I was like, Jesus Ooh, Christ, this yeah. game's really not good um, at all. Um, 
but it was cool to be able to celebrate a lineage of, of a piece of hardware like that, just like Microsoft celebrated the lineage of a specific developer. I hope that others look at this and see like that they can do this. I would love to see what PlayStation or Nintendo could do, uh, not necessarily with one specific developer, because I don't think they none of them have a lineage like this. Maybe Naughty Dog or something. But actually, actually, Naughty Dog is almost as old as Rare. So there, there's a good example. Naughty Dog is as old as Rare. So there's a, there's an example. Um, maybe they could do that. Mm-hmm. But then you have all these things like EA published Naughty Dog's Genesis games and Crash some of their self publishing. Some yeah, Crash Bandicoot. So it's gonna be very like you're gonna you'd be able to do it, but really the Naughty Dog collection would just be everything after Sony bought them. So it'd be like Jack and Daxter and then Uncharted. And there's already an Uncharted collection. Yeah. yeah. So so it would be cool if you know more in the line with the Sega Genesis collection. It would be cool for them to be like, what are some of the great games we 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 could publish and and get some developers on board, some publishers working together to do something like that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully. Rare Replay is cool by itself. I think people should be really excited about it because I think it's really great. But I also think that hopefully it's something others can learn from. Yeah. I mean, because I, I remember thinking back to, like I mentioned Mario All-Stars. It's, I love that card. Like that, if I had to choose one card, it's my favorite game of all time. Like that's, it's perfect, you know? Um, and then I remember when it was Mario's 20th anniversary, right? They released on the Wii. Mm-hmm. And they just, yeah, that red box. They just, it was, the, the box was great and all the stuff was great. And then the game was just a ROM dump of All-Stars. And it's like, that is, Shitty. That is the laziest thing they could have possibly done. Because imagine a Mario compilation done right. You know, the rare replay style. Mm-hmm. If the, you got all the way from Mario Bros, even if it ended at like Sunshine, you know, or ga- Galaxy would be ideal. But like whatever it is, like that would be awesome. The beauty is that they own all those games, so it's there's no there's no hoops to jump through and different publishers to deal with like they did with Rare Replay. Mm-hmm. I I'm, what, what I'm kind of curious about is behind the scenes thing with Rare Replay. Did they try? To get some of these games. Oh. And I'm not necessarily even talking about Donkey Kong because I don't think that would make any sense, but something like Goldeneye. Like, did they, did for they... sure they tried. Yeah, you have to imagine those conversations happen. But it would have even been cool to see Donkey Kong. You mm-hmm. know, like if, if Nintendo was down with that and been like, yeah, like pass and we have these ROMs here and, and stuff like that. But there's, there's not that kind of. That would be there's insane. Not, publishers don't work with each other like that. Yeah. All right. Second topic of the day is Xbox dominating Gamescom. Now, there's a caveat I have to put to this. Which is, it's day one of Gamescom when we're recording this right now. So Xbox had its, or Microsoft had its press conference this morning. A whole bunch of other stuff's going to be happening. But we're just talking about so far. So maybe some crazy shit happens, but I kind of doubt it's going to. Yeah. So we're talking about, Xbox announced a lot of stuff. Hell yeah, Like there was scale-bound gameplay, Homefront gameplay, Crackdown 3, Halo 5 multiplayer stuff. Quantum Break. Quantum Break, Battletoads coming to Killer Instincts. Rise of the Tomb Raider demo, the DirectX 12 stuff. Again. Halo Wars 2. Yeah, Halo Wars 2. Halo Wars 2 is probably the biggest announcement. Yeah, definitely. And then um, we got some Xbox One preview program stuff. Looks awesome. Like, yeah. Arc Survival Evolved. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah it looks, it looks I fun. want in on that for sure. And then uh, we saw the chat pad announced, which is like, dude, does anyone care? It was all. just weird that it was like a big announcement when it was like, oh, this wasn't, uh, this hasn't been around forever. Yeah, like it was, it's just the yeah. Xbox 360s deal plugged into this, right? Yeah, it's, that's what I was thinking too. It was just like I think I, I could have sworn this was already existed, and it did. <laughs> so good for them. Good yeah. put on. Uh, you're forgetting, of course, DVR. No, well, yeah, I was about to say that DVR, I'm sure you were. which it's on my list. I can't have a right. goddamn moment. Um, backwards compatibility and the games with gold. Now all the th- Xbox 360 games with gold. We're going to be free for Xbox that's One awesome. use and stuff. I mean, I you guys talked about it a bit on Colin Greg Live today. The whole um, show, yeah. But I mean, for the people that didn't mm-hmm. watch it live, then jerks, sure. and I didn't listen, so I don't know. Ass. What Smart. do you guys think? Because like, just for me watching it, for me seeing this, 
sounds like they kind of nailed it. That was a great showing. I thought that was an awesome conference. It was paced well. I liked what they were doing. Like I liked their announcements. You know what I mean? As you know, I I've been eyeing Quantum Break for quite some time. Like I like Remedy a lot. You know what I mean? In in general, just get like I I appreciated that when they'd come out and be like, hey, we're not gonna be eighty three. Hey, we're not gonna be. We're gonna be. You know, they like pushed it around. They were very open and honest. So to finally get like a giant, here's the cast. Here's what it looks like. Here's moment to moment gameplay. Here's how it's going to look jumping from the game to the TV show. I was like, awesome. This is awesome. I'm so in on board with what you're doing, right? And it's because at a concept level, I remember interviewing him two. What was it? Two E3s ago, three yeah. E3s ago about this. I'm like, this sounds awesome. Don't fuck it up. And like, it looks good. You know what I mean? It looks good. I'm like, all right, great. Now just get it to me. And it's April, right? Where April's the day. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. I'm and very, it's very it's excited. cool that they they gave that too. It's like it's yep. something to look forward to. And We've talked about this a lot on Gamescast, but, you know, the big difference between Sony and Microsoft right now is that Microsoft has its fall games, but then they also have... Yeah, they have these, 2016. The games they're going to talk about here, and they finally did it. Yeah. And now it's like, here's their 2016, at least the early 2016, Yeah, and we know it, and it looks solid, and people yeah. are excited about it. And then, like, things like Scalebound, you had some issues with it. Yeah, I mean, so, we'll get to Scalebound. I want, I like, the... What I'm impressed with, it, the way I look at it is like a poker game, basically. Like, Microsoft's been holding, Microsoft and Sony have both been holding their cards, right? And I feel like Microsoft's cards are on the table now. Like, now now we know what Microsoft has and what what's happening with them. Because we know that they have this great fall 2015 lineup, which I'm, I'm, I think is very impressive with, with, with Forza Motorsport 6. And then they have Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is really, really an exclusive, but it's their exclusive for now. And then they have Halo, and, they, and they're going to have the Gears remake or whatever. And so th- this is... This is in stark comparison to PlayStation, which has fucking nothing. So, in terms of exclusives, nothing at all. Uh, until Dawn. Well, until Dawn's not a fall. And game. a collection. Yeah, and they have the Uncharted games. collection. I mean, so the Uncharted collection, I guess, negates Gears. So then they have, so then they have, you know, three new games that are exclusive to our platform in some respect. And we'll get to the word exclusive in a minute because they they they, they fly fast and loose with that. No man's um, sky. Yeah, no man, right? Uh, so I feel like their cards are on the table, and I'm I'm impressed. Like, I agree with you. I'm impressed with what I'm seeing. Yeah, but. Now that we know how everything kind of looks or whatever, now we kind of wait. And um, I'm interested to see how this fall works out against PlayStation. As we talked about many times before, it's complete fucking choice now this fall. And, and Xbox needs to make up ground. They're, 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 they're losing. And that's all relative because they're still doing great. But they're losing and they need to make up ground. I think this fall is going to be a great way for them to, to do that. And then I look at that kind of trio of games. Of course, for, of course, not talking about the fact that Gears 4 is bigger than all of those games and that game is also probably coming out you know, next year, 2017. I don't yeah. know exactly when it's coming out. They didn't show it. Um, Quantum Break, as I said on Colin and Greg Live today, has the makings and the trappings of their next Halo or their next Gears. And... I think that this can be a huge series for them. And I, 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 I think the game looks fucking phenomenal. Remedy's been very capable. They did Max Payne. They did Alan Wake. They know what they're doing. Um, and they have a long lineage, a long heritage working with, uh, with Microsoft. I'm surprised they're not actually like a real first-party studio. Um, maybe they will be one day. They're kind of like the quantum the quantic dream. I was going to say, you got to imagine they've turned that deal down. Yeah. They've been offered yeah. before. And, you know, Quantic Dream, we always say the same thing with Quantic Dream with PlayStation as well. So I think what's surprising me about Quantic Break or Quantum Break is that the game looks great. And I also like this TV show accompaniment to it. And it's a little weird to me that, you know, I, we don't know the financials or why they did it. But Microsoft was kind of pursuing this original programming thing that they didn't just abandon and fired everybody. But they're still doing this particular show. And I, again, it's, a, it's another one of those examples of like, I just wish I saw what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Right. With all of these shows. Like, what if everything had a fucking show? You know what I mean? I started to think about that when I was watching. I was like, what if Scalebound had a show? 
What if you had a show for Halo, like a real, like like a real show that was many seasons long that could have been going for years, and having as opposed to just kind of these these tentpole kind of things when you do things that make sense. In other words, making these IP something that's bigger than just the game, which Sony, for instance, hasn't been able to do with Uncharted, right? So, um, and I hope that they, you know, they want to do it with the Last of Us, but that's kind of stupid too. I don't want them to make that movie. Uh, so, Ratchet and Clank, yeah, Ratchet and Clank, which they're dragging out of its fucking coffin as we speak. Um, the so, coffin it's been in for two years. Uh, let it die. <laughs> so quantum. So quantum. That, that's a, a long and winding thing. But quantum break, I think, looks really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good. I cast. think. I think Crackdown three uh, also looks like a lot of fun. And I was, I was excited about it because what we were talking about on Colin and Greg today was open world is starting not to mean anything. It's starting to mean just like just a place, right? Well, open world should mean more than that. It should mean an interconnectivity between the things you do and meaningful engagement with the world and quests and missions and it seems like on a periphery because we don't know fucking anything about crackdown 3 that they're going to do that it reminded me as i said of god the godfather games which i think are underrated and the 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 reason i like those games is because you were kind of taking over parts of the city and and they were working for you and you had to go kind of protect them and i I always like that kind of thing and I, i got that kind of vibe from crackdown 3 whether or not that's real who knows scalebound wasn't running well and it's very early and of course I just look at games like that when I'm like, it's not running well now and you're ready to show it. And that, to me, isn't a good sign. What game was like that, Greg, from PlayStation 4 that, that we saw and, and, and it didn't run very well? The Order 1886. Yep. And yet they showed it, and I was like, this game looks like shit. And they were like, it'll look better. It's early. It's early. Everyone was yelling at me. And what did we get? It did look you know, better. It looked better, but, it, but, it, but, it, <laughs> but we, we got a game that was... In other words, the first time you see a game, think about The Last of Us. Right, the first time you saw the game being played was in the apartment building, right at E3. Yeah, and that game was it was fluid and it was awesome, and everyone got excited about it. It ran. They they changed. They made changes to the game. I mean, if you look back on it, they made a lot of changes, but it was in good shape. And I feel like you have to get to that point with your game before you show it because I feel like you set you get out on the wrong foot and it might and it might cause some trouble for you. And I feel like specifically um, with with platinum that they are just it's just kind of hit or miss and they made one of my very favorite games of the last generation vanquish but they also made some duds and so i don't really get excited about them mm-hmm. because i i'm in more of a wait and see approach I, I think that people get excited because it's just cool to see a powerful popular japanese developer doing something with a, a western studio and i think that's very exciting that's great um but i'm skeptical of that game so I think two out of three, in my opinion, pretty good. Way Not, way better than than it usually goes for any press conference in, in terms of the big marquee titles. Sure. Because I think there's fucking every reason in the world to be excited about Quantum Break. And I think there's every reason to be excited about Crackdown. That's the thing. It was Scalebound, sp- who's see? We'll see. What speaks about him and like what I find interesting, because I was in the same boat, not even about the performance of Scalebound, just in terms of the moment-to-moment gameplay, it wasn't something I'd be into. Whereas Crackdown sounded awesome and I wanted that immediately. And whereas Quantum Break sounds awesome and I wanted that immediately. And it looks awesome. And it's the diversity of those games, right? That they are three very different mm-hmm. experiences. They aren't all third-person shooters. They aren't all the you know, yeah, obviously cra- like it's what you I think we were talking about today. Quantum Break is going to be that linear, not in a bad way, game of like here's the story we're telling you. It's so linear, in fact, that when you beat this chapter, let why don't you start this episode that's on your disc? You know what I mean? And then you have Crackdown. It's going to be open world, go fucking fuck everything up or play the game or whatever the hell you want to do. You know what I mean? And yeah. Scalebound is going to be running around all Japanese and stuff. Yeah, yeah, my favorite, your favorite thing. Yeah. No, so there's no goofy in this one. I'm sorry. No, but there was Beats headphones. There were, there were Beats headphones. Well, yeah, the game uh, to me, it's just like I don't know. I just I get a little. I'm I'm skeptical of it. I don't think it's going to be bad or good. I just we've been here before. We've seen games that were exciting from exciting developers sure. be announced and then rolled out in weird ways. And I'm like, I don't know, like 
I just I, I thought it was cool that they were playing it live because I think that's ballsy. A lot of studios don't do that, um, and they did. Camille got up on the stage and, and did play it live, and I give him a lot of credit for that. But I, I'm in a wait-and-see kind of holding pattern, and I don't think that game's going to come out in 2016, um, even though it's supposed to come out holiday 2016. I think we'll see. I think um, I don't know that they even really need it. You know, we'll see. I don't we'll know if they need happens. it for sure. Yeah, yeah, like, well, uh, I mean, also remember that things are getting spaced out, but I know what you mean. You're talking about because of Gears? Yeah, Gears will come out. And yeah. Presumably. I don't know. They didn't have Gears 4. I don't know if Gears 4 has been definitively said 2016, but you have to assume it's it got to be. Yeah, check it out for me. Uh, the, a lot of this goes back to... Uh, overall, I'm impressed with, the, with, with, with what they're doing. I think Microsoft's... Phil Spencer's a smart dude. and December 2016, says Google. So that means 2016 probably because yeah, yeah. that that game's not going to come out in December. Um, Quarter four 2016 yeah. is Wikipedia. So October November. I feel like Microsoft, well, not Microsoft. Xbox was so ill managed under the previous leadership that it needed someone with balls and conviction and knowledge to come in and fix it, and he did, and he is, yeah. and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that because Xbox One from the fucking get go. Was problem was a problem for a lot of people. Like the way they rolled it out, the way they talked about. It. I still love that supercut. We talked about it many times. You know, sports. You know, Call of Duty, TV, blah, TV, blah, TV, TV, TV. Like TV. I'm like, like that's classic. You know, like and that's old Xbox. Yeah, that that, that Xbox thinking. doesn't exist anymore. Now it's all Windows 10. Now it's now this is what I was getting to. This is the other problem, and this is a huge problem. I think for them, um, and I don't know that I know a lot of some people don't agree, but but I think that it's going to matter for them. They. You can see Xbox is owned by Microsoft, but they, they they seem to be pretty autonomous. You can see Microsoft's hands now on Xbox for the first time with Windows 10. They are injecting it everywhere. And I don't think it's necessarily a problem. People like Windows 10. You're enjoying it. You're using I like it. it. I haven't upgraded yet. There's issues. People are having issues. But, but. I but I feel like, and this is what we were talk, I, was talk, I was alluding to earlier with the use of the word exclusive. Microsoft plays you know fast and loose with the word exclusive, which is always annoyed me. You know, They played that game with Tomb Raider. Xbox exclusive. You know, like they, they played that game with Tomb Raider. Everyone knew it wasn't an exclusive. They finally, you know, Square finally admits it like 18 months later that it's coming to PlayStation 4. I just want words to mean something, right? An exclusive means something. It means it's exclusively on your platform. So when you have a game like when you're talking about in- Killer Instinct Season 3 and you're like Xbox exclusive and on PC, it's like, what the hell does that mean? You know what I mean? So there's, the, I feel like, you know, Quantum Break and these kinds of games, Scalebound are Xbox One exclusives. They are. They're not going to be on PC. At least that's, they haven't said that yet. But I'm concerned for Microsoft and for Xbox and its ability to come back based on them putting some of these games on PC. And and we have to kind of look behind the scenes and we don't really have any of the answers of why they're doing this because certainly there's financial ramifications one way or the other to do that. And as we explained on Colin and Greg Live today, my thought is this. They look at it and they're like, we can sell maybe more consoles, X amount of more consoles, if we just really have real Xbox One exclusives. So Fable Legends is really just on Xbox or like these kinds of games are really just Xbox games. But we can sell more games why percent more games by putting them on PC on an agnostic platform that really has nothing to do with our competitors, but it is in stark comparison to what Sony does. You're not going to play Bloodborne on PC. You know? I can't think of one Sony Computer Entertainment published game on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3 that's playable on PC. You know? And that creates a real ecosystem where exclusive really means something different. And I want Microsoft to do something with Xbox One to make it super competitive again. And I feel like that might be, you know, might be necessary for them to to, to make some more real 
exclusives. But I think they look at their financial ramifications and they might not care about the optics. And that's the whole thing I was talking about in Culinary Glove. I don't think it matters to them. I, I think that PlayStation's way out in front right now making it look like and it, it is a runaway success. Xbox is still doing so well that it doesn't matter. And so they don't they aren't worried about catching up to the point of, well, let's handicap all these games and only put them on Xbox One. I just don't think they care. It was Microsoft a brand. That yeah, and if anything, I mean, them pushing Windows, it's very clear with Windows 10 that they are trying to make that the new platform that all Windows users use, and the fact that they're making it free for everybody, and the fact that they are like trying to win back the the goodwill of the people after eight, and like we've seen this before with Vista and with like a bunch of other shit. Like everyone loved XP, everyone loved Seven, and this is finally the one that they're they're trying to like get everyone back. Let's all get on the same page here, and let's go forward from here. And I think that the they need to kind of put some of these games on it to kind of win back that over. The, the win over the Apple people, you know, it's like they're not going to get to play Halo Wars 2 on their, their system. But Windows 10, I feel like they're really trying to make like, hey, we're all on an even, even playing field now and you get to play these games as well. And I, I just think they're different audiences, too. Yeah, that know? was the big thing I was making. And just the fact that I don't I think a PC player is a PC player and I think a console player is a console player. And that's why I know it's, it's a mouthful to be like a console exclusive on Xbox. You know what I mean? They'll do that. But I think that's really where it comes down to is for me, am I going to play it on PS4 or Xbox one PC never even enters in the equation? Cause I'm a console guy. And I think it's the same way for PC players really. And you look at third, third party games, right? Like the, a bunch of Capcom games or like the, like all the shooting games and stuff. They're also on PC and it's like the people that want that version, they're going to get the PC version. Those aren't the guys that are playing on console. Yeah. Well, the, the, the street fighter is a great example. Of, of Sony starting to do the same thing because I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think of a, of, a, of a PlayStation game that appeared on PC and I can't think of one. And you're talking about a PlayStation, Sony, because like, I mean, people are probably shouting out there DC Universe Online, but that was no, SOE, which no, is now Daybreak. Not, I know, I'm saying yeah. for them at home. I'm just making sure we're being clear on what you're talking about. Yeah, like a PlayStation game that, and, and, but here's the thing Street Fighter V is going to be published by Sony and it will be on PC. So they, they, are maybe starting to do the same thing with their, but they haven't done it yet. And, but I, and, and I say this because I think that's what so it's helping Sony is saying like, we really can only play these games here. There's no chance. We have no history of doing anything else. So we're not fucking around, you know, like yeah. if you want to play this game, you're going to play it here mm -hmm. or you're not going to play it at all. You know? And, but I think that's the thing with something like Halo Wars too. Like, I don't think that there's a, a overwhelming majority of people that are like, I'm gonna buy a system for that game. No, the guys that are like, oh, it's coming to PC now. I guess I'll play it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing anything you're saying. I'm just saying that there's an opportunity cost to doing things like this, and that's getting more hardware into the wild. And it seems like that might not be the biggest concern for them. Indeed, mm -hmm. some of these suggest that it's not the biggest concern. But the biggest games, the biggest games that they have, with the exception of Halo, which I think is PC concurrent. Halo, no. I mean, I'm not positive about Halo Five, but at least in the past, Halo has always been a comes to PC way later. So that, thing. so that's a good like, point. At least Halo One and Halo Two. I don't even think the other Halos came, came to PC. PC. So that, that that's a good that's a good thing to know then, because my point was is that to their credit, to Microsoft's credit, the biggest of the biggest games are really Xbox One's exclusive. These are kind of more of the A tier and B tier games that you know, like no one really cares about Fable Legends. So yeah, put it on PC. It doesn't really matter. Um, Halo Wars, you know that game, that kind of game caters to pc audiences and it's being the weirdest thing about halo wars is who's fucking making it which is creative assembly and this is this is when things get really weird creative assembly is owned by sega they're making a microsoft published exclusive with their biggest ip and i was like this is weird like this is th things are getting weird now for me in a good way in a good way because <laughs> now studios are starting to work with each other and getting out what that showed me was that if they can tap into sega's stable What's stopping them tapping into someone else's stable? Ubisoft. What's stopping What's stopping them from tapping into 
you know one you know one of these great studios that you would have never I would have never in a million years guessed that that would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so but Sega's just hurting. They are. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Ubisoft's gonna be like, no, we can sell more by putting it on every platform. Sure. Unless you're gonna offer us a boatload of cash to sure. get us, you know, exclusively. So overall, man, I, I don't know if Greg's opinion differs. I'm, I I was left impressed by Microsoft's press conference. They had no competition at the show. They're car- so that helps them. But yeah. I don't think even if I think even if they had competition, is is a healthy chance they probably would have won. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, in quotes. Um, but their cards are on the table now. Yeah, I think and, I thought it I, was a great press conference. Yeah, man, it was entertaining. Like we had it on out there, and it was just cool. It was yeah. good to have on because it was like things were happening. We're seeing these new games for the first time, loaded gameplay for the first time. Yeah, for yeah, a yeah. lot of it. So that's awesome. A big question I'm seeing a lot, and like there's a huge NeoGAF thread about this: is Neo-Gaff. did Sony fuck up by not having a presence at Gamescom? No, definitely not. They definitely didn't. I think that it was smart of them because they have. Microsoft's catalog right now was such that they had games this fall, and then they have games next year, and Sony had no games this fall. So they focus at E3 on next year's games, and then at, at they're going to be at Paris Games Week, and they're going to be alone there. So they're playing the same game that Microsoft's playing now, which is like, we'll be there alone, and then we'll have our press conference. And it might be a stroke of genius on their part, because they're going to go last. And Sony, I think, always benefits from going last at E3, and I think they're going to benefit from going last here in terms of the, the mind share as we go into the fall and start playing our games and not really caring about game news for a while. Um, Sony is going to show at Paris Game Week fucking dollars to donuts Quantic Dreams game. It better, you know. And and I think that it's so obvious. Like I'd be I'd be shocked. You know, Quantic Dream is in Paris. We haven't seen. We know they're working on a PS4 game. We haven't seen anything of it. Shu told us he played it. It exists. You know. So I think you're going to see that game there. I think you might see Sucker Punch's game, which no one even knew was really in existence. But so, it, but Shu had played that. I think you're going to see more of Media Molecule's game. I think you'll see Ben's game. So there's, there's, there's things for them to announce. I don't think Sony made a, a mistake, unless you think about the direct competition, head-to-head competition, as being important to them both. And I think Sony doesn't need to do that right now. Microsoft's in the, is in a vulnerable position that Sony isn't, strangely. So yeah. um, they have to make a move. Sony can just sit back passively and, and be like, well, our console's selling out any games. So like what what's the what's the point of even saying anything at all? And I think that both sides are being smart. They mm-hmm. because they're both in different spots. So they're both they're playing, playing their position. Yeah, they're playing their position very well. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, Microsoft's going to be all the chatter right now. Colin and Greg live today was all Microsoft news. Um so they want, you know, they they won the day they they they're getting they're they're being talked about and then they'll kind of put their games out this fall while Sony's kind of gearing up to get ready for 2016. More imminently, I think Sony has a lot to fear for Microsoft this fall, you know. And if and if and if it doesn't pan out for Microsoft this fall in terms of them making catching some ground and winning October, November, and December, then can anything ever? Yeah, then then I, I think that they're just forever at a disadvantage. But I I don't I think it's going to pan out pretty well for them this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The topic was brought to you by Loot Crate. Would you classify yourself as a geek gamer or a pop culture nerd? Then Loot Crate is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to LootCrate.com slash KFGames and enter code KFGames to save $3 on any new subscription. Every month, there's a different theme, and you're guaranteed $40 or more worth of items all curated around that theme. They're all inspired by classic movie and video game releases we all know. This month... We're cowering in fear at the return of the villains. Whether they're terrifying or tragic, something about bad guys and gals is just plain fun. Probably the snazzy outfits, army of henchmen, and totally readable treat yourself some <laughs> tweet yourself to some sweet loot attitude. See, that's how that's how villains think. I, I get that. You I've didn't, been there. You treat didn't, yourself. That's like a you classic that's Cruella what shocker. Bill. Shocker used to always say that in the mm, Spider-Man cartoons. Treat yourself. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate our dark side with epic items from Marvel, an exclusive DC figure, a unique world build that they've never put in a crate before. It's a really big crate. And more. Go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on your new subscription today. 
I really wonder what the the big thing is in the crate. I know they keep teasing it, and it's yeah. gonna be a big crate. Yeah, I really yeah. want to know. It's gonna be. I really want to know what that DC figure is too. Kevin is signifying it's going to be pants. Underwear. underwear. That's not a big thing. No, it's something that it's a garment they've never done before. But it's a wearable but tech, it's big. isn't it? Is it wearable tech? What does it say? Read it again. Oh my god! All right, hold on. Uh, a unique wearable we've never put in a crate before. It's a huge crate. A unique wearable we've never put in a crate before. Underwear. It's not underwear. Um, I think it's gonna be a, small a working watch. No. Okay. <laughs> Topic three comes from the community. If you have a topic for us, go to the Kind of Funny forums at kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go to the Gamescast. I need to actually figure out what this rigmarole is because I'm not even sure what it is. Go into the Gamescast. You should make a bit.ly. We should. Can we just make it now? No. Go to bit.ly slash. No, we can't do that. Gamescast topic. Nope. You might work. We don't don't pay bit.ly. We don't have access to just make links like that. Oh, we don't? No. I could just do it. No. You have to pay for that. We don't got that IGN money, Greg. Can't we just can't we just have Nick make a kindoffunny.com gamescast topic URL? Kindoffunny.com slash gamescast. Yeah. Topic. Gamescast topic, yeah. I like that. Yo, Nick. We need to whip up a URL redirect. That's it. I'm you now wait with bated breath for the another half of the show and I'll come tell you about it. He doesn't want to decide what Love you, you shut up. It will be kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic. <laughs> okay. Cool. Kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic. Cool. Joey Nicky. Joey Nicky says, when are we going to get the first real next gen game? Now, this is a topic I want to I want to talk about it a bit. But I also want to know what do you guys think were the real next gen games going back? Looking at all the oh. different generations. What were the What the immediately games? for me springs to mind is mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 and the first ones were GTA 3 and Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm. Though for PlayStation 2, I feel like that, you know, that year went by, then it came out. Yeah. We weren't playing Smuggler's Run or Madden or whatever. Because I remember the discs after... stopped being blue on the bottom. Yeah, and damn bouncer. CDs. After we got past that first thing, I remember not playing anything on PS2 for a long time. Just watching DVDs on it and doing it. And then when GTA and Metal Gear came, you're like, oh, this is... Here we go. This could have never been done on the Hold PlayStation. Hold butts. Yeah. But okay, let's go to the future first. Right now. Yeah. They've already come and gone. What are they? I mean, like, the one... I, mean, I, I think you can make a case for different games. The one I'll make a case for is Batman. Playing Batman was... I was playing it, and I like the rain and the effects and the visuals and this and the attacks and just the way it runs and looks and moves and stuff is just like, damn! Like this is next gen. I think I said that in a review discussion with Nick, where I'm like, this is the first game where I'm playing it and literally like, oh my god! Like this couldn't my PlayStation Three couldn't have done this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think you can make a case for Witcher t- as well, but, but for me, it was Batman that was solidified. Like this game is beautiful and awesome, and it's doing so much different stuff at the same time. This is the first game where I'm like, this is next gen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I hate these kinds of questions because like the 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 evolution of what is next gen or expected on current gen is just an evolution of what has already happened, right? Like Mario on NES is a side scroller. Super Mario World is just a prettier version of Mario. Mario 64 is just a 3D version of the same fucking game. Like so on and so forth. It's just it's about technical limitations, which is what which is what Greg was saying or whatever. I don't people like use this term as if we're going to expect some like super crazy experience experience, like something different and the fact of the matter is you're not going to get anything different like it's just going to be prettier it's just going to run better it's just gonna be bigger it's just gonna be more ambitious but we have what we have we've had what we've had for a long time you know what i mean i feel like the last when you think about the things that have really changed the way we play games it's like an internet connection dual analog sticks triggers 
Rumble. See, you, you, you know, like, you're like, right you, about saying that, but then what Greg's saying about GTA and Metal Gear, like I agree with him that those were a next gen experience. That before that, we didn't really get something that was on that level. Like Animusha came out before that, I think. Animusha, yeah, yeah it did come out before but that. But it's they, like, but even that, that was a little bit like a, oh, like a taste to me. Thinking step. now, it's like I feel like Animusha is the the Batman, is the Arkham Knight gotcha. of where we're at now. Because I, I still feel like there is something that's gonna. Happen oh sure, there's, don't get me wrong. Like this is like this is an unfair question, of course, because yeah, uh, Metal Gear is going to come out and be probably crazier than Batman. Then it'll be Fallout, and what are they? And then it'll be Uncharted, and like any, you can go forward. And you, I mean, think yeah, ahead ten years when we're using these systems, and like that, the end of the systems obviously will be onto the next one. You'll be like, oh my god, I can't imagine. Da, da. It's like you know, I mean, like PlayStation Two, God of War Two, the final thing that really that gasp for that system yeah. was like. Holy shit! Are you kidding me? Yeah, like that's it, the problem. See, it's not that the end of it though, because it needs to be that. Well, I'm just saying two, that no matter three. where you go on the thing, I feel like there's another step in the yeah in the progression. for sure for sure. Hmm. I just no matter where you go, there you are. Uh, I I feel like I guess I just say that because it's like the, these questions. I don't want to say this particular question is loaded with this, but I feel like when people ask, it's like, well, when's the next, you know, Greg was saying like, well, Batman couldn't have been run by a PS3. Well, like Killzone Shadowfall came and run by a PS3. It's like, well, are we really looking at, are we really looking at games like just like that? And if we are, then we're really not getting anything new. As I've said many times before, you're just going to get games that look like The Last of Us and are as vast as Skyrim put together. That, that to me is what this next generation is. And, and I, so, so to me, it's like Dying Light and Witcher are the games that really do that for me. I still don't look at Batman as like a truly open world game because I don't feel like it is open world in the, in in the main, but it's it's I felt still confined and weird. It was like very there was something about it where I was like I don't even really feel like this is any different than Arkham City in a way. Sure. It was just like you're in a, it was such a, a step up. Yeah, though. that's the thing. You know what I mean? The destruction, the Batmobile, the instantaneous nature of it is what I'm talking about. You sure, know no, I, mean? no, I understand. No, that. I know you do. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like. I just feel like it's the games are just going to be bigger. You know, I just feel like we, the, I was discussing this actually, I think I'm appearing on a podcast. I don't know when the fuck, I don't even know when the fuck I say anything anymore because we're all we do is talk. Uh, we're going to see for the first time what d- different games are with VR. And we really have not sure. seen anything like that in many years, you know, because think about Zelda, right? Zelda top down, like, you know, the, the way we played Zelda before is the same way we play Zelda now. It's just. In a, th- in a 3D world, like it's, it, nothing's really changed about it. It's the way we, it's it's our perspective and it's it's some mechanics and stuff. But it's just Zelda. Zelda, you can c- draw a clear line through those. Like it's just a natural evolution based on technology. It's not based on like a new thought. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with like the evolution of Wolfenstein, the Call of Duty. It's they're shooters. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I love shooters. Sure, I love sure, playing sure, these sure. kinds of games. I'm just saying when you look back at these generational leaps, you're not really seeing anything crazy like GTA. Like in terms of like new ideas or something new GTA three was exciting because we had never played anything like that before. But when you really think about it, it's just uh, an open world polygonal game that we had been, you know, that was similar to what we were playing on PS one and then 64 just wasn't as pretty and it wasn't as vast and it wasn't as violent and all those kinds of things. It's just an evolution of that. Yeah. Um, when we play the, the indie side scrollers that we play now that their essence are, or it can be found back in the NES days. I feel like the true generational leap, something that's going to blow your mind is going to be VR. And, and I, I think that, that's where the new experience is going to be. But even when you look at those, like you look at something like um, uh, what uh, Gorilla Cambridge is working on with Riggs, for instance. It's just a shooter. You know? like yeah. I've, In other words, I wonder if we've already defined Gen. everything about... No, just how we play games. And now it's more about 
extracting horsepower out of the machine to make them more ambitious. Yeah. We're not seeing new genres. We're not really seeing anything new in terms of game types or anything like that. You know, I, I just feel but like, I feel like the, that's why the this question next gen is, game has never really been about that, though. Because, like, I mean, if you look at those examples, because I do you agree that those are the, the next gen games of the PS2? Uh, GTA 3 was the first next gen game, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even MGS2, I would say. Yeah, MGS2, yeah, that came out right after GTA yeah. 3, right? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. But, it, I, but no, because gta3 really was a, a different game than gta2 metal gear solid 2 was like metal gear solid 1 it but, just but, was... that's, but that's kind of the point that i'm trying to make where it's like i don't think that that doesn't mean it's not next gen like because what we're saying is like it's not just the technical thing of could this run on the previous system there is something special about it what is that thing i don't know but there is something about mgs2 that yeah it is just mgs1 again and prettier, but it's like For that sure. was so like next gen is probably like the only way I can put it where I'm like it was just it was that was a next generation thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm just saying I'm I'm talking more about the the idea of gener- like defining next gen and what is next gen. It's just it's a, it's a, it's something we talk about all the time as gamers. Yet that's kind of the point I'm making is that I just draw a clear lineage between of technology. It, influencing ideas and not so much ideas influencing the technology Mm -hmm. i feel like when you get a game like mario 64 for instance it's just a ramification of what the n64 can do you know it's just a natural evolution of what has already been done i don't feel like the and i think that's okay i guess that's the point i'm trying to make is that's okay that we play games we we kill a lot of things in games we jump on fucking mushrooms we do we race cars whatever it is we do and we're just going to get prettier versions of those kinds of things. And some people look at that and they're like, well, that's that's uh, that's not exciting or anything. And I'm like, that's fine with me. Like, I, I don't, you know, refine. Yeah. Refine the idea and, and get it, make it better and make it more cinematic or whatever you want to do. And, and that's fine with me. But I, I just I don't like the idea. I, I'm sick of talking about that specific topic simply because I feel like the answer is always the same. It's always the first game that does something that the last generation did just better. You know, and, well, and so, okay, Killzone did that. I mean, I, you know, that's what I'm that's why I'm saying. Like, I don't. That's why the question's so tough to answer. You know? Going going back on that though, I feel like it's very clear with like the N sixty four era, it was Mario sixty four that was the next gen game. Then with the PS two era, it was the ones you were talking about. What is last gen's next gen game? Because the one I'm gonna throw out there is Modern Warfare. Because I feel like that was the first game that I can remember that I was really like, holy shit, the um environment stuff that's happening at once it, like, it yeah, felt yeah. like you were playing a cutscene in a lot of ways yeah whereas i hadn't experienced anything like that on on ps2 you know and it wasn't just quick time events it was like what you were doing you're actually interacting with what felt like a movie but yeah modern warfare was a special game and a really good game and i also feel like it's it's a weird thing it's it's a weird thing to say modern warfare came out what 2008 it's a weird thing to say or 2009 no it's 2008 because it still has that red thing on the on the box on PS3, oh, whatever yeah. it was, the the that's that came out 14 years, 15, 16 years after the first first person shooter came out, Wolfenstein, and um, I feel so it's a weird thing to say, but I feel like that's when the shooter really arrived because it took advantage of what the PS3 and Xbox 360 can do, as well as that one of the things I said, which are paradigm shifting, which is like the internet connection. Um, and your ability to kind of sync up with friends. It's not to say that's the first game that did it. It's clearly not. Uh, but it was the first game that I felt like that entered the mainstream and made Call of Duty a huge thing because we, Call of Duty already existed. Call of Duty 3 was the game that preceded you know, Modern Warfare. Well, Call of Duty 2 was the game that, you know, the launch game on the 360 that everyone kind of looked to as, is this next gen? Oh, no, it's not. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the, the reason I, I gravitated towards Modern Warfare is 
when you look at Call of Duty 2 and then Modern Warfare, it's like that was next gen. Call of Duty 2 was that launch game stopgap. And three was somewhere in the middle. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's, I think it's a good choice. I look at I I look at the defining games of a generation. We're not to that point in our timeline yet. You know, like, oh, sure, I, yeah. because like when you think about a game like the the Don, like Donkey Kong Country on SNES. Not that I'm crazy about that game, but the, what that game could do on the SNES was not something that Mario World even attempted to do in terms of getting the horsepower out of the system. And the same thing, I always talk about Mega Man Six as like I can't even believe that game runs on an NES. You know, like it's unbelievable. It's because it came out in 1994. You have to like you have to almost 10 years after the NES came out, you have to give it time. And so I think when I think about PS3, I think about The Last of Us. You know, um, because look at The Last of Us and then look at Resistance Fall of Man. You know what I mean? Resistance Fall of Man was like shit. You know, and it's it's running on the. It's but now I feel like you're system. talking about defining games rather than the first next gen. This is the first step I no, feel but, like but, but, towards the last. Sure, but I'm saying that. I, but I find you talked about God, God of War two, and that right. might be a great example of really the defining next gen game. In other words, I feel like the next gen game, the next the game that defines what next gen is or current gen is or whatever whatever. What is, that system was. Yeah, is it comes late. Yeah, agreed. You know, and I, I don't think we're there in the timelines yet. Like, I don't think we're going to look at a game like Infamous or Killzone or no. even Bloodborne or something like that. And, and, and those games are going to have much relevance in the conversation in five years when we really see what the PS4 can do. Um, and so I, I don't know that we can identify. It's, it's hard to identify a game like that. Yeah, we can talk about GTA 3 and all those kinds of games. But the jump between PS1 and PS2 was so significant. I'm not saying this significant. There was no significant jump between PS3 and PS4 that... We realize, like PS3, like in its DNA, GTA 3 and GTA 5 are not different, you know. But GTA 3 and GTA 2 are very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same jump from Super Mario World to Mario 64. It's a logical, logical step. Yet that was a bigger jump to me than 64 to Sunshine or Sunshine to Galaxy because we were already there. Yeah, you know. Um, so you have to kind of wait. No, I hear in, you. In my opinion, it, it, but again, it's, it's 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 a tough question because I don't want us to define games based on their power or their graphics or all those kinds of things, but what they do, you know, and. You can play a pretty powerful game on an Apex system. You know that doesn't mean that it's not worth playing. So I, I want people to get away from these terms, these buzz terms. You know that I feel like I, I just I, I don't like boiling down games like that. You know, but tell me more about how poorly Scalebound runs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that topic was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is how we made kindoffunny.com, and I am in love with how it looks and how simple it was to make. Nick made it himself. Yeah, we He's didn't do here. anything. R.I.P. Rest um, in peace, Sites Nick. look professionally designed regardless of skill level. No coding required. And very intuitive and easy-to-use tools with state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. Trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world, including Kind of Funny. Starts at $8 a month, and you get and a free Gary domain. Witta. And Gary Witta. Gary yeah. Witta. Go get a Abomination. It's a book. Read it. And you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial today and with no credit card required over at Squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Kind of Funny Games to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Good Lord. Man. It's intense. Cheryl's buzzing in trying to get that Squarespace code. She yeah, she wants it. it. She needs a website right now. Cheryl.com. Oh, my God. It's a good thing that she can uh, <laughs> save it 10%. So, this topic brought to you entirely from... Kindofunny.com slash forums. If you want your topic to be read on this show, you go to kindofunny.com slash gamescast topic. Thanks to Nick Scarpino. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Don't happen. let us forget to say that, Kevin. We got to yeah. say that after this. It'll be important. So, from our boy, you know, probably a little out of left field here, but do you guys think we'll ever get another PlayStation All-Stars? Who would you want in it? Who would you remove? And uh, tweaks to gameplay. No. Ellie. Toro. 
who would never get removed. But Toro. This is my personal thing. Yeah, You'd right. remove Toro. Yeah, get rid of him. And you his fuck. fucking. All he does is steal people's powers. Do something. Have your own identity. I love Toro. He was my dude. That's what Kirby does. I know. And he sucks too. Kirby. He, he yeah. does suck. Don't talk shit about Kirby. I don't like it. Yeah, my God. I like to talk shit about a lot of things, but I'm not going to. Yeah, you do like Kirby. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I need a gift for that. That was good. That was, I'll see that in my dreams, my nightmares. I am like way more turned on than I should be. So we, it's funny you say this because we, we talked about All-Stars on Colin and Greg Live today because someone had asked about it in a tip. PlayStation All-Stars sold over a million copies. That wasn't, that's that's fine, but it wasn't good enough for Sony and, and Superbot got shut down. And Is that just the PS4 version, PS3 version? PS3 Vita was crossplay, so I think it just counts as, okay, as one. Just one. Right? They, didn't you buy them? Yep, they it bought? was crossplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Um, well, cross buy though. Yeah, yeah, they were right. It was I cross so. everything. It yeah. was cross play. It was cross play. For, yes, cross play, you could play. Buy, you could play. I know it was cross play, but you bought PS because I'm trying to answer his question. When you bought the PS3 version, you got the Vita version. When you yes. bought the Vita version, you got the PS3 version. Yes, I think so. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, the game sold respectively. You know, I knew a lot of guys at Superbot, and they were really passionate about the game. And I went down there a lot. Actually, I, I was down there an inordinate amount of times. Yeah. To see that game, um, because it did really well on IGN. That game fucking murdered on IGN. Well, it was the Smash um, Bros. of PlayStation. That yeah, and I, think, and, I also, awesome. and I also think I covered it right. You did. Um, you did. But uh, it didn't pan out. It's it is cross by. Greg made a really great point. Greg's always made the really great point that they went, they ran to the edge of the cliff and then didn't jump off. They it. went ninety nine percent there. And they you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. and would it have helped? I don't think so. I actually don't think that that really would have mattered. I think it's a good point. I don't think it would have really matter because I think that the core of the the core of the 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 core of the team that was making that game were were a lot of guys that worked on fighting games. The, the game, um, you know, Seth Killian came on at the end when he was working at Sony Santa Monica and helped them. Like he's pretty much the most respected name in, in fighting games. Um, the game was fundamentally and mechanically really sound. I think. Yeah, I think. That, I think that. I think the knockout system was. I liked it, but I understand why people didn't because it was a little cheap. It was a little hokey. But that's not the problem either. The problem was is that it's not Smash Brothers, and yes. and you don't and it's. It's not the first game to copy Smash Brothers. The Cartoon Network did all those games that copied Smash Ninja Brothers. Ninja Turtles right? had one. Yeah, like and Animusha had one. So in terms of like the the arena combat, like the mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even see that Animusha did. Yeah, there was an Animusha game. There was Smash Bros. inspired. Okay, uh, Smash Bros. meets Power Stone. The 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 problem, Tim, is the the cast. And yeah. there's nothing they really could have done to that cast to make it any better. Crash I, Bandicoot being in it and Cloud were probably the only two noticeable uh, noticeable misses. And Snake. what would have that? What it, uh, and Snake? Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen because Snake was already you know like already tainted by that. Yeah, and they and they garbage. got and they and they did get there is a you know Raiden's in the game, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. did have they did have Metal Gear you know some Metal Gear presence in there, but I'm not sure sure it mattered. I think there's a lot of like there's a lot of like going back and armchair quarterbacking this game, and I'm just not so sure. That it was gonna pan out from the jump. Everybody had it pegged as a Smash Brothers clone, and like once, I mean, just even if you were never ever gonna play that to find out that it was fun, you just thought it was a Smash Brothers knockoff, and that was that's something you can't shake. Yeah, I mean, well, that was my biggest problem was playing it for the first time. Yeah, everything leading up to playing it when I was at E3 and I got my hands on the controller, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Do I want Crash? A fucking course I want Crash. Do I want Cloud? Yes. Snake. All this stuff. Like, yes, I had my issues with the the cast and stuff. Did I know? Did I care? And I knew who the characters were. Did I care about them? Lord, no. I don't care about half of them. But that didn't matter to me. I was getting Smash Bros. in a time that I didn't have Smash Bros. Right. And that was what was exciting to me. If it was Smash Bros., we would have been playing that game constantly at IGN. Yeah. Constantly. It wasn't, though. We played it, like, twice. And it's like, well, 
the, what you said about the clip is so right. And I do think that if it was just Smash Bros, like gameplay-wise... Yeah, knock him off the side of the screen with any move. It would have had way more pickup. And it would have been way more of a, a success overall. And even if you don't know the characters, Smash Bros, yes, no one could argue that the, that cast is worse than the, the PlayStation cast or whatever. And Nintendo does have that legacy and does have all that stuff. No one knew who the fuck Marth was before Smash Bros. Like, there was a ton of characters that you didn't play those games. You didn't know about Your 15 them. Fire Emblem characters. Yeah, exactly. But now it's like, it doesn't matter because you just played it because it's fun and you like it. Whereas PlayStation uh, Battle Royale, it's like, I had fun with it, but the very bare minimum of fun. And sure. it wasn't Smash Bros. It wasn't Smash. I, I, I mean, Greg and I really liked that game, and I, and, I, and I totally stand by my review. I think I gave it an 8. I think it was... It was a a really it was a fun game and I think the game had a lot of heart. I think that it was I think that it just was PlayStation's audience is not Nintendo's audience. They like they don't necessarily play to these games. They don't really even want to see what Kratos looks like in Drake's world. Like I right, just right, right, right. I feel like there was when in retrospect when you really sit down and think about it, I feel like there was just a lot going against that game, you know, in terms of just what PlayStation is and what PlayStation gamers are and all these kinds of things. That said, they, they did buy a million, over a million copies of the game, so they were excited about it. My one regret about it is that Superbot didn't get a second chance at it because I would have I would have liked to see um, what they could have done with it. Had like what were their ideas for it? What what were you know like for instance, Dart was going to be in the game and all that kind of stuff, and they they you know got closed down before they could put that in. Not that that was like a, a big deal. It was you know who gives really cares? Game changer, but, Dart. But um, <laughs> but. The beauty of it, and I think that this is what you're kind of alluding to with Smash Brothers, which I think is Smash Brothers is not only a game that makes a lot of money, it's a gateway drug to a lot of people that don't know a lot of these characters. And so when they play as Marth, they're like, well, who the fuck is Marth? And then they see Fire Emblem, they're like, oh, what is Fire Emblem? And then they look it up. I feel like it sells games. And I feel like Sony's intent with the game was similar. I feel like someone like there's Sir Daniel Fortescue being in the game. It's like, well, are people playing as him? Do people care? Should we do another medieval? Like, I feel yeah, like yeah. it was almost like a marketing kind of thing for them in a way. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't the right cast. I think it was the right developer. I'm not sure, sure any other developer would have done much better. Um, and who would I have removed? No one. Uh, I think that that cast was fine. Um, I could have done without Dark Cole. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was true. Well, that, that was, was a Cole's spot. a great spot. Interesting, interesting to me just because it's like, why, why was Cole even in that game at all when he's, when he's dead? You know what I mean? Because you can go buy those games right now. You could, but like it, it, was, a, it was such a bummer when he... You know, I don't want to spoil a second song. Um... Real quick, yeah. clarification on my point. Cross buy if you bought PS3. Not if you way. bought Vita, you were fucked. Right, okay. Okay. Um huh. so I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't remove anyone. Who would I add? I mean, there's a million people I would add. I did a bunch of stories about characters that I think would have been fucking funny as hell. Inclu- and I, I I think Ethan Mars was the one I wanted that in was the, the most. Best. The Ethan um, Mars one was the best. Go look for, at that for podcast heavy rain. Video. Yeah, the, which, is, which is so awesome. His which, special was just, he, you, the screen went black and he woke up and he, everybody was gone. He had an origami figure in his head. <laughs> which was like brilliant. I'm like, you, everybody's saying, like, just take it. Take the idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it was just wrong place, wrong platform, wrong audience, wrong everything. And I think that Considering all that, it did pretty well, uh, but it's always going to be a punchline, and you know I think we've come to accept that. Yeah, but it's, do you, will you see another one? No, definitely not. Oh, man, it's fucking heartbreaking. They should have stuck with the original name of the game, by the way. Title fight. Oh yeah, title fight. Wow, I, I forgot that. that leak. And that's an that was that's an awesome that's an awesome double entendre. Like I, I, you don't just you call it PlayStation's title PlayStation title fight or something like that. I think it's like such a fucking cool name, much better than All Stars Battle. Battle Wolf when I saw that, I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. Plus, Fat Princess was in it. She's awesome. <laughs> I remember when that first screen leaked. And it was just Sweet Tooth standing on what looked like a Final Destination. I was like, "Shut up! Oh my god!" And then I played it. 
the fake screens leaked too, right? Remember, the, wasn't there fake screens that made it look like it was like Mortal Kombat? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like a not who makes Mortal Kombat? I can't even think of the name. Nether Realm. Nether Realm. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say that. I, I, oh, never soft. I was getting confused. That was the uh, yeah. It was no one expected that game to be what it was. That was the that was the thing about yeah. it. Everyone expected it to be a two D Street Fighter game. I remember. Yeah. Like wait, wait. expected what? When title fight started leaking, because remember, remember, a lot of shit leaked about that game like early on. Lots of from it. From Paul Gale. Yep. The Paul Gale just, network. Just some dude that just knew everything about the game. <laughs> and uh, the expectations based on what people were seeing and hearing about it was that it was going to be a, a traditional two D fighting. Two D fighter. Yeah. Like, like, really? Yeah. And then from once... moment one, I remember it being Smash Bros. Like, at least from the first thing I remember was that image of Sweet Tooth on what looked like Final Destination. And it was just like it was the first one was him, it, an image of Sweet Tooth 3D model on like green checkers, like it was like him in the render. Model. Yeah, and it was like it was yeah, it was in a re- it was it was being rendered and it was zoomed in, so it made the character models look huge. Mm. And so people were like, "Oh, this!" I remember being like, "It's gonna be like Mortal Kombat." Yeah, like yeah. I, I like, and uh, I think some of the screens that leaked were actually fake too. But no one going into the game, I because I, I was I was at, I went to the event when they announced it. And they you were and Goldfarb, it. right? Yeah, me and Goldfarb, and, and I remember. There was some third party PR person that was like getting mad at me because I was like I was like trying to like sneak around see if I could find anything about it because they had like I remember they had these portraits of like they had a portrait of print, Fat Princess and Sweet Tooth and all these things like these great pictures of them and I st- we still didn't really quite expect know what to expect and I remember walking in and it was it was Smash Brothers and I don't I don't people might you know change their minds now or think about it differently but I remember back then there was no expectation that that's what it was going to be at least when it was title fight when we got closer to the reveal then. Information started coming out that suggested that, but all right, Fatboy ninety five Mario. Yep. What's kind of funny's opinion on modded versions of games like Project M and Smash Bros Brawl? Live your life, have fun. Yeah, do you? It's cool. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I like that there's now a huge culture, specifically on YouTube, of people like making videos about the different modded games and seeing what you could do in those games. Yeah, on PC specifically, like all the GTA mods. Holy! Oh my god, shit. GTA mods are awesome. They're insane. And they they're just fun, and they just make cool shit happen, like um like the frozen characters in GTA. That's funny. It's funny to that. watch. Um, in terms of Smash Bros, oh man, I used to mod the shit out of it, uh, out of Brawl and uh, Project M. I was never the biggest fan of because I prefer Brawl over Melee, just in terms of having fun and tripping. And me- mm, don't prefer. I like that that was taken out of it, yeah. but I never really got too deep into Project M. And I, I think a big reason for that. Uh, even more so than me preferring Brawl is the fact that my friends all played Brawl. So it's like I wasn't about to like practice and play a modded version of a game that my group of people wasn't sure. playing. Um, but overall, I think, I think mods are cool. Oh, this is a little different than mods, but like ROM hacks. Like back in the day playing uh, like Super Mario World, like just completely – it's like what Mario Maker is now, but people just make full Mario World games. I played the shit out of those. I played so – I probably played through like – 20 full created games from random people making shit. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm glad developers are embracing. Yeah. No, I mean, more, more so huge. than usual. Um, Ryochi Finn asks, what kind of game would you make about Portillo? Endless Runner. Yeah. Strategy sure. role-playing game, turn-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the plot? <sighs> the plot of his life, which is nothing. Um, I don't know. I, 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 in, in real, in realistically, like a side-scroller platformer. I think it would be fun. Would he be on all fours or? Yeah. That's why the endless okay. runner works. Him just. Yeah, but you're making an endless runner, which is unfortunate. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm putting trophies. I'm putting Unvita. All right. Well, so then it's okay. All right. I like that. I'd fuck with the platformer. I'd want you to make a platformer. I want you to concept it out. 
and come up with a Portillo platformer. I've always wanted to just make a platformer generally. So. I want it to be a 16-bit platformer. 16-bit, I was thinking 8-bit. But we can do 16-bit. We can do 16-bit. I feel like 16 would be But early 16-bit. I don't want to do any of that fancy shit. Yeah, no. No that, fancy that, shit. That good I'm thinking more Super Mario World, less Donkey Kong Country. That sounds, oh, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, perfect. Yeah. That yeah, sounds perfect. Let's do that. B-Town Davers, Persona 5. What would you like to see carry over from the past games, and what would you like to see changed, Greg? Well, I already know that Igor is there, so I'm set. Don't worry about it. Getting is up Igor in the that cat? velvet fucking room. No, he's not the cat, Tim. Jesus, sort of. Who's out. the cat? We don't know the cat. Well, actually, I'm sure there's some site that has the cat's Meow. name, but I haven't, I haven't looked into it that. Meow. He knows the cat. Meow. Um, I mean, nothing. The reason I, Igor is there because it's the whole Persona thing. Great, whatever. He'll be there. Velvet Room will be there. Fine. Good. The rest of it, I don't want anything carried over. Go do your thing. Tell me a new story. That's what's great about Persona. Drop you and tell you a new story. And then you get the side stuff like Dancing All Night or Arena that'll bring all the worlds together. And hey, here's this crossover Dance that's making night, new yeah. stuff. Yeah. Have you played a Persona besides 4? Yeah, 3. And oh. then I play, I started Q on DS, but I did not like the first person part of it. But I do love the fact that it's the Persona 4 universe, which is weird. Oh. Okay. This is for you, Colin, specifically. Oh, dear. Ricky Vargas. I'm sorry. 007. It's Dude, not for is you. He mad I, at me? I just can't wait for your, oh, okay. your responses. Vector Man reboot. Do we need it? Jesus Christ. And does no. Sega need it? No, no that's <laughs> the last thing they need is a Vector Man reboot. Oh, I used to think Vector Man was the fucking coolest thing. Vector Man's pretty. Like, when I was like, I must have been seven. I remember being at Toys R Us and seeing it. And I was just like, holy shit. They had it on one of those endless, like, video demos that would just loop over and over, and there'd be a lot of explosions as transitions. Oh, it was good. It, it, they had a lot, like, and it was the Sega Genesis collection that really introduced me to some of these or reminded me that some of these exist. They had just had so many fucking random, let's hope this becomes something games. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so many of them. Throw it at the wall games. Yeah, and, yeah. and I remember, and not that they're they're necessarily bad. Vector Man's not a bad game. Um but the, I remember being a kid, like a Super Nintendo kid, and being like, "What?" Like walking through the Toys R Us thing and being like, "What the hell is going on over here?" You know, like, <laughs> "What are these games?" <laughs> and then go over to my to get my ticket for whatever the hell you know RPG I was buying at the time. Um, you know, like I, I just Vector Man's one of those games. What was the game when you were the star? You know what I'm talking about? On Genesis, yeah. And you were the star. Yeah, you were give star. Me, give me some of the gameplay. It was like it was a side-scrolling, and you're just bouncing around as a star. Yeah, what star me or no? That's a po- Pokemon. I got a. Fu- <laughs> I'm gonna find this fucking. I'm finding it. Go okay. To the next one. Okay. Is it in the collection? Yes. Stark. Oh shit. Starkey, something. Trevor Starkey. Nope. No. Starkey Trevor. The, you. I see it in my head. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because that game was actually really fun. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to find it here. That was driving me nuts. God. Okay. Back to Vector. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. There Suck. was. There game was Suck. a reboot. Did it ever come out? Not that I know. On like the PS2 gen. Was there? I, yeah. I'll look into that. Look Fatal into Labyrinth. That was a fucking jam. Fatal Labyrinth. That was a really early Genesis game. Rise Star. Rise Star. Yes. Let me see it. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That was another one of those games where I was like, all right. Uh, but when I played it on a, Ge- a Genesis collection, I was like, this is fun. Yeah. The, 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 it was one of the few games I played longer than I had to. Vector Man was PS2 was and it was trophies. canceled, yeah. Okay, it never it came canceled. out. Yeah. Unseen CC4 has got the scoop. I just remember seeing... Uh, Images of it. Vector Man would have been cool. Vector Man would be cool to see now, which is the disparate. I'm using the word disparate a lot. Though, uh, parts that would go apart from him and then come back, and what would that look like on a PlayStation Four? Would be pretty yeah. cool because it looked, it looked fancy. It looked fan. It, it did look fancy. It reminded Genesis. me of Donkey Kong Country, but for Genesis. Sure. Uh, Corey Christensen. When will he get more PS2 games on PSN? I don't know. I. I'd... <sighs> What's their deal, man? This upsets me. I feel like there's 
trepidation about it because, well, we talked about this with Microsoft's backwards compatibility with Xbox One. Very consumer-friendly, very smart, gets you good buzz and good word of mouth, but might affect your ability to release old collections of games now. Not that they have a huge back catalog, back catalog of games that people want, I guess, at this point, but because everything that they, people want is available, but... There's, it was injurious to them maybe in going back and, and doing those kinds of things. And I, my, 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 my inkling tells me that Sony might be looking at some of these things, at least with their first-party games, because they cannot control what everyone else is going to put on it. Same with Nintendo's conundrum with the virtual console. Everyone's like, where are the fucking games? And they're like, well, we don't own these games. I don't know what you want from us. Um, is that they're looking at this and being like, well, why would we put out all these PS2 games when we can just release them as collections or make people buy them again? You know, And in terms of like, I'm charged $20 instead of 10 um, I don't want to be that cynical, but I feel like there might be an economic reason for it. Um, also, there might not be a huge drive to put PS2 games on there because they might not be selling very well, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, if someone wants to put a PS2 game on there, they might be like, okay, like Sony goes to Publisher X and they're like, can you want you to put a PS2 games on here? And they're like, all right, well, give us some data how your game's selling. They say, they're like, no, we're good. Because they have to re-up the ESRB rating. They might have to do some QA testing. It's not cheap to put a game on there. They don't just give them the game and they're like, here it is. You know, they have to, they have to, make, sure, they have to make sure it works. And everything's all good, so that costs a little bit of money. Are they going to make that money back? There's all these questions to be asked. So um, I feel like PS1 and PS2 Classics are slowing to a halt because there's nothing else to really be put out there that's going to sell. You know? Yeah. Uh, there's certainly PS2 games that would sell, but they're newer enough where they can be like, well, let's do an HD collection. So it's cynical, but I feel like that's probably... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree, but I feel no, like I do. I think you're nailing it. I bet it's just the return on who's buying these things, who's playing these things, who actually cares as much. I was shocked that Rockstar put, you know, Rockstar has the biggest PS2 classics with with three Vice City and, and San Andreas, and I was shocked. I was fucking shocked yeah. that they did that. So I was like, why didn't you just release them with trophies? Right. You, you know already I mean? went through the ma- business of putting them on the iPad. Fucking put trophies. I, and just like slap them out there. Yeah, it was, that was that was that showed me that Rockstar is just in it to give you games, and they don't they're not they can't really be bothered. You know, they're like whatever. Because they, because they could have sold millions of copies of a GTA collection on PS3 and, and Xbox 360. And yeah. I hope, I would love to have a reason to go back and play GTA 3 and, and to do, and to go back and be like, oh God, this game's ugly. Yeah. You know, but, but <laughs> I don't really have that reason. There's, there's, you know, trophies are that reason. Yeah. You know, trophies are the reason to go back and play anything. They're the reason for the season. They're the reason to live. The final question of the day comes from the Tyler Hudson. How long does the game have to be out before you can openly drop spoilers about it? Oh God. It's according to our fan base. Never, never. Yeah, you can never do it. You're all you are all one day away from playing that ten year old game. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's a hard set rule. I, I a hard and fast rule. I feel like, I feel like it's the game. I feel like it's the ubiquity of the game. It's contextual completely. Like yeah. something like Final Fantasy VII. It's like I people fucking know what happens in that game. Like you can talk about that. Tifa. Falls what in. happens in Final Fantasy? I don't know some other shit. Like a, a more recent one. Who cares? Exactly. Well, nobody it, gives it, a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but what I'm saying, though, is... What that, happens in Lightning Returns? <laughs> nobody knows. Literally, no, <laughs> no one, knows. one knows. Clement's probably played a thousand hours and has no idea what happened. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, Arkham Knight. When can we talk about Arkham Knight? Right, exactly. Completely no, we're not going to actually do it, Kevin. Calm down. Yeah, I know. That's a great question. I would say, I mean, ter- next year sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the spring when we come around. So, does a sequel need to come out? Or is no, it just like even a, that? Like, I mean, people were getting mad at them for showing the trailer for Arkham Knight, where in, in the beginning Joker's dead. Like they showed that at E three, right? And everybody's like, oh. "It's like, well, f- guys, the end of Arkham City was a long time ago." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you want them to do? And they're interconnected. Yeah, I feel like it, it's it's a moving scale because I, I my mind first came to me I was like, "All right, how how ubiquitous is the game and how big is it?" Right? And I was like, "Okay, so Final Fantasy VII was what came to mind too." I'm like, "This is a famous moment with Aerith dying." And everyone Tifa. knows that. Tifa didn't die. Uh, Cloud. 
Cloud <laughs> didn't really even say anything. Um, so I feel like there's I feel like there's something about that where it's I was like, all right, so ubiquity, that's one thing. Like it's like it's like an empire when when Vader proclaims to Luke that he's his father. I'm like, okay. I, I, I asked I asked specifically about that question on Game Over Greggy's show, I think a while ago, where I'm like, at that time, how long was that spoiler expected to be kept secret? It reminds me of like the sixth sense, right? Yeah. 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 Um but it's not so much that, it's also about how prolific the game is and where it is in people's minds in terms of how good it is. And then you have to kind of combine that with the time. And the example that comes to me for that is the last of us. There's a significant secret in the last of us that is still two of them. Actually, that are still, that's a great point that are still not really allowed to be talked about, even though the game's over two years. We just talked about with uh, Xavier Woods slash Austin Creed yesterday. We got to that point Mm -hmm. and danced around it. Whereas I thought today it was interesting that you pulled up on infamous second son, you know, I was like, well, if you if you're gonna play Infamous Second Son, you played Infamous Second Son. You know, if you if you gave a shit about that, you gave a shit about that. Whereas Last of Us, I think it's a great example of it's so good. Even Gone Home, like I'll dance around those things, right? Of like those games are so important that you sh- if you don't know, you should go play. Them. Yeah, okay. Whereas That's Infamous, a good point. yeah, Cole's not in it. Yeah, Cole's not in it. Cole's really son. dead. He okay. really is dead. And it was the fucking worst disappointment <laughs> in, of my uh... entire life. Battle Royale. Well, exactly. that, that's but that's what, what, and that's what I was saying was that like I want like I was so confused because All Stars came out a year after Infamous Two. They put Cole in them, and I remember us reading into that, especially with the commercials. I'm He's like, yes, dead. Cole's not dead. Like, like I'm making him a thing. I like, <laughs> yeah, and I was like so excited about that, and I was playing Second Son, waiting for 15 hours for Cole to show up. At the very end, I'm like, yes, it's gonna be Cole. Like Augustine's gone. It's gonna be Cole. Augustine was a great villain, but I was like, it's gonna be Cole. And then the game just ends. I'm like, you have to be fucking kidding me. You know what I mean? Like, why is he in All-Stars? You know? <laughs> Nonetheless, I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 31 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Tim Gettys, Colin Moyari, Greg Miller. Cool, let's do some video games. You're familiar with all this stuff. See you next week. Thank you for being cute. <laughs>